Hello, and welcome to the special Dallas edition of the Low Key Podcast, episode 36. This episode is sponsored by Justin's. Justin's creates an almond butter that's naturally delicious with flavors like maple, vanilla, honey, and my personal favorite, chocolate. Now, if you have a sweet tooth, go try their peanut butter cups, which come in milk chocolate and dark chocolate. Now, go to Justin's and get a tasty treat. Now, without further ado, Darren with Oak Highlands Brewery. It's nice. It's easy. It's low-key. Let's get started. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Low Key. I am here at Oak Highlands Brewery with Darren Williams. Um, easier name to pronounce than most of my my guests on yeah. the show. I've actually <laughs> pronounced it. Um, I'm enjoying this brewery and all the dogs around. Can you tell us a little bit what's going on? Yeah, so today is our brewery dog's birthday. It's uh, Olive is our brewery dog. She's an old English sheepdog, and uh, it's her fifth birthday. So we're having a birthday party for Olive, and um, looks like we probably got about 20 or 30 dogs here already, and uh, I got a feeling we're going to double or triple that throughout the day. <laughs> so, so if you hear barking um, in the background, you know why. There's a ton of dogs just partying out at Oak, Oak Island's Brewery. <laughs> That's right, yep. And there's uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, so Olive's veterinarian um, actually gave some gifts for all the some party gifts for all the other dogs uh, you know to take home like toothbrush and stuff like that uh, and it's interesting <laughs> that's hilarious yep that's funny so so what what got you to get the brewery dog as, as kind of like a mascot or, or for your brewery well um, I you know I went uh, number my wife normally drinks wine and a few years back we went to uh napa and um it, someone made an actual book of all the brewery or excuse me all the vineyard dogs um and i thought that was pretty interesting and i and i i've told eric our our uh, uh our marketing director that uh she ought to probably do something like that actually olive is her dog and uh that'd be kind of something fun to do for uh you know for texas as well the number of breweries we have and, and a lot of people a lot of the breweries do have dogs as well so i don't know she's just here all the time uh she she's you know since erica works for us she uh she brings olive to the uh the brewery all the time and she kind of um we adopted her as our as our brewery dog nice yeah that's awesome it's funny that's really funny <laughs> um what now let's get into the nitty-gritty the good stuff mm -hmm. what originally got you into beer uh, me personally, um, well, you're talking about brewing beer, right? So, uh, beer, beer, just yeah, beer. College got me into drinking beer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what got me into uh, to brewing beer is I've always loved cooking, um, and and in reality, I you know I always feel I've always felt that um, brewing is just cooking with with liquid in, in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, you're obviously taking the grain and 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 making the beer out of it, but um, I've always loved cooking and I've always liked trying new things and cooking and I. I'm really bad at following recipes because I like to change, take something and make it better. Um, 
and uh, and I've and I've you know it's kind of brings more or less the same thing. I mean, you, you pick a style that you want to you want to make, and do your best to perfect that. And or if you want to trick it up and do something different, um, you know that's it. You know, teach his own. So um, that's how I got started uh, brewing beer. It's just literally because of my love for cooking um, and actually liking to drink beer. Yeah. <laughs> and it seemed like a good good thing to uh, to meld together. So. Uh, my business partner Brad, he started back in college uh, when he was 20 years old, actually, because uh, he went to school at Swanee, which is in Tennessee, and they did not have any. It took. It was like he he tells me it was like a 30 to 40 minute drive to go get beer. Yeah. And so he started ordering all the stuff on, you know, and having stuff sent to actually make beer. And he was making beer in his in his college dorm, <laughs> and so he and his friends would. We try it, and uh, he said starting off it wasn't really that good, but uh, you know they he eventually got good at it, and um, so that was 22 years ago. I started about uh, 10, 11 years ago. Wow. Yeah. So what what kind of started the journey of making Oak Highlands Brewery? So Brad and I um, were you know we were more or less acquaintances. Our wives were friends, and we'd see each other at parties all the time. And we were at a Christmas party um, probably about nine years ago, and nine, ten years ago, and uh, we just, I happened to overhear him saying something about brewing and, and went and talked to him about it. And, you know, I was fixing to brew a batch the next day. And, and, um, and so we, we just realized that each of us actually independently were homebrewers and um, decided at you know, that time we should get together and do some collaborations and just start making beer together. And it basically just snowballed from there. I mean, it was one of those deals where it was always wanting to perfect this recipe or make make something new, um, try a new style that we had never made before. Um, and, and that's basically it. Just it just snowballed, and, and um, you know, we went from making it in the uh, in the kitchen to making it you know five gallon batches outside to building building our own stand and making ten gallon batches to literally making three and four batches in a day. Just yeah. basically taking a Saturday and and. 12 to 13 hours make <laughs> make three or four batches back to back. Yeah. And um, and then from there, you know, all of our friends were drinking it and everyone's telling us yeah, this beer's really good and you know, free beer is always good beer, right? <laughs> yeah. But what the the validation for us uh, that we we thought our beer was good, but when we started entering contests and winning awards, um, you know, homebrewing awards, that's when we really knew that, you know, people that you know, didn't know us from Adam were, you know, our, our beers were winning awards. And so that's when we really felt that you know we could eventually maybe turn this into a brewery. That's awesome. It's a long answer, but <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's it's totally about you talking about your story, right? And, and um, um, what Oak Highlands is about. That's really cool. Yeah. What personally makes you passionate and motivates you to keep keep being in the beer industry and, and um, craft beer? Oh gosh, uh, I mean that's a that's a really good question. I mean, it's you know. It's really not about the money. I mean, you, you, you are seeing a lot of the, the uh, breweries, you can call it sellout, whatever, they're, you know, partnerships and, and everyone is making money. But to me, it's not about that. It's, it's truly, I, I think the best part about it is actually witnessing somebody try our beer, either for the first time or a new style, and, and the, the look on their face that they go, wow, that's really good, you know? And like, that, that actual look, you can really tell, and that makes me feel awesome when, when it, you know, they try something that we've made um, and um, you know, we feel is good, but someone new actually tries it and just absolutely loves that beer. So that I think that that feeling that other you know other people get out of it 
And that makes me feel really good, and that kind of drives us to, to, you know, to make the best beer we can. That's awesome. That's sweet. What, what's kind of like one of the biggest struggles and hardships in, in make, that you've had in making Oak Highlands Well, I mean, in any business, cash flow is, is, a, is an issue. Um, you know, one of the things that we, you know, when you put together a business plan and raise money, um, you think your business plan is going to be correct, right? You know, but there's yeah. there's one thing. Someone shook it in my face when we were doing a uh, one of our our sales our pitches to these uh, to investors, and he said, "There's one thing about this that I know about this this uh, is that it's going to be wrong. <laughs> you you can put all your time and money into into making a business plan, but it guaranteed all that is just what it's worth on paper. We're buying into you. You know, we're buying into the 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 people. That's the reason we're giving you money is because we believe in you and yeah. we believe in the product, but. We, you know, the, the biggest struggle, one of the biggest struggles for any, like I said, any business is cash flow. And, and, you know, one of our biggest swing and misses in our business plan was uh, the amount of kegs that you need and the amount of capital you need for those kegs. I mean, yeah. we have, we either lease or own uh, 16, I think it's 16 or 1700 kegs. Wow. In our business plan, we had like 300. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you talk about missing it by a factor, we missed it by a massive factor. And um, and so that's yeah I mean that's a struggle and uh, but I mean you got to look at it from the other stand, the other you know, flip side of that coin is that yeah it is a struggle but the fact that we own that many means that we have that many accounts and we're actually growing and we're going in the right direction right yeah so if we were stuck with three hundred kegs we'd be in trouble yeah <laughs> the need for the need for sixteen to seventeen hundred kegs is great so that's crazy yeah yeah I didn't even know the amount of kegs being used it's because, nuts yeah that's bonkers yeah what was the what was the very first craft beer you have ever tried? I guess you would, Shiner would be the, the first one, Shiner Bach. And I mean, I, I can almost guarantee you, you, you ask anyone my age uh, that lives in Texas, that would probably be their number one beer yeah. that they said that they've tried. Um, you know, it, it's te- still technically considered craft beer, right? But, you know, if, if I would say beyond that, um, it would be a St. Arnold's. Uh, you know the lawnmower. So, I've never had that. Yeah, it's a Kolsch. Kolsch. Okay. Yeah, and, um, it's down out of Houston. So St. Arnold's is out of Houston. Okay. Um, they were one of the first breweries. You know, I guess you microbreweries to, to um, Texas. That's cool. Started back in the you know mid '90s, somewhere in there. So, hmm. yeah. Tell tell me a little bit about like kind of the the Dallas kind of beer scene and. How, how you've seen it grown um, in the past few years? Yeah, so uh, Dallas-Fort Worth has about 6.5 million people in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. So it's a big, you know, obviously it's a big area. Um, and about six years ago, there were only approximately six breweries in the whole Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Um, that was about the time when um, the, you know, it, the beer scene was hit, you know, really starting to come bigger and more bigger around the whole country and um and so there were numerous breweries that were starting to open up and, and it was a lot of the same guys we'd we'd done homebrew competitions with yeah um and so um that was about the time when you know deep ellum four corners uh lakewood open uh, Petacolis, um and um and so since then since that time five to six years ago we've had uh we've now have um i think over 40 I think we're around 45 breweries in the Dallas Ford Metroplex. What? Yeah, so you're looking at basically you know eight to ten a year, um, and I know that I know now. What I, last I heard, we, there's another 16 or so in planning, 
Oh my gosh. I know. So, 6.5 million people, right? And yeah. so, you look at, at other cities like, say, Chicago, there are you know, probably 9 million people in, the, in, that, in that area. Um, Chicago, last I checked, was over 110 breweries. Yeah. Um, and I, I guarantee they're much higher than that now. Um, San Diego, you know, same deal. With that. I mean, they're just they're, they're really saturated. But you know, in those those cities, really, they've done a really good job of wrapping their heads around wrapping the, their heads around the culture of, of local you know local beer. Um, mm. Dallas is getting there. Um, Dallas Fourth is getting there. Um, I still think we have a long way to go um, to you know really educate people to, to people understand that you know you don't need to buy a, a beer from California or from Colorado. To have a really good beer, um, you can—it's right around the corner from you, you know. Yeah. And that's that's one thing that I think Austin has done real well, but Dallas is not quite there yet. We're we're on our way. We're definitely on our way, and we're we're making major strides. But um, that's one thing I think we need to work on as a city. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> I didn't even know there was that many. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. Even in let let alone San Diego. I mean, there's they're probably so saturated. Oh yeah, you, yeah. but I mean they're still opening up, you know, and so yeah. they're still making it right. So that's crazy. Yeah. How, how are you guys involved in kind of the Dallas local scene? So we have a, um, the, the Texas Guild has different branches. It's the Texas Craft Brewers Guild um, has different branches. And so there's a, the Dallas Fort Worth, uh, you know, branch meets once a month um, at different breweries. Um, we actually host in May next month. Um, and, you know, we'll have a, a speaker at each one um, talking about, you know, wide range of things. But... So we all get together on that standpoint, but the, the Texas Guild is very active. You know, the Texas legislative session, legislative session is in it's in session right now, and um, Brad is uh, my partner is a former attorney, so uh, a reformed okay. attorney, I guess you could say, <laughs> and so he's actually serving on the legislative branch of the uh, of the, the guild. He's helping them out, um, and so. Um, we're trying to get some laws passed. We're trying to get some things that are a little bit more craft friendly. Um, okay. Obviously, you got the big distributors and the big boys that are, you know, always trying to beat us down, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, they're they're really uh, active in trying to get some uh, laws changed that are uh, or laws laws passed that are, you know, more favorable to, uh, towards uh, craft brewing. Okay, that's cool. That's awesome. Um, what is your favorite um, kind of brew method? That you love the most favorite brew method. Yeah, <laughs> I know there's so many to choose from. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, a brew method is a it's a interesting. So you say brew style or you yeah, mean brew okay style. brew style? Yeah. Okay, so I would um, I really I like Belgian beers a lot. Um, even though you know the two the two beers I, I lean towards here are our Dortmunder Lager and um, our you know West Coast IPA. It's derelict, and our Lager is uh, Dortmunder, but. I really like Belgian beers. I like Saison. Saison is my uh, probably my favorite style of beer. Yeah, um, that's good. I like the uh, I like the you know spiciness, and I like the I like the fact that a uh, you know Saison is it is the widest range uh, of uh, it gives you the widest range from color to flavor to alcohol of any style of beer that's out there. Um, and so you know we we make um, we've made uh, three different Saisons. Uh, we have uh, Chump Change, which is our Imperial Black Saison. Um, it's uh, 9.8% alcohol, and it really is really dark. It's black in color, so it's really out of the. It's a little bit out of bounds, being that it's higher in alcohol and darker in color. But that's the that's the beer we won a silver uh, silver medal at World Beer Cup with. Um, and then we have a hypocrite saison, um, and that's my favorite beer. And it's actually named after me. I am the hypocrite. 
that the name does uh, does come from me. But uh, and then we also did, we did a just a one-off barrel-aged white wine barrel-aged, uh, more kind of like along the lines of a saison Dupont, real light-colored, um, you know, lighter in alcohol, lighter in color, um, and that was fantastic. Definitely going to do that one again. So nice. we decided we. Uh, we barrel aged the chump change in some uh, bourbon barrels, and oh, wow. uh, we've done that two years in a row now. We're going to do it again next year, and uh, we also uh, are barrel aging some of the hypocrite in uh, red wine barrels. Wow! So, yeah, just that sounds quite tasty. Yep. Yeah. Why Why did you choose Dallas over any other city? Well, first off, we live here, um, and you know we're actually in the Lake Highlands area of Dallas. Uh, it's really it's not a individual city it's just a region of Dallas uh, that's where my partner Brad and I both live um, that's where the name actually comes from Oak Highlands is uh, we live in Oak Highlands Estates which is just a little you know 170 home area in Lake Highlands and so that's we started brewing together in Oak Highlands Estates in our backyards and uh, and so that's where the name comes from but we chose Dallas because uh, you know and we chose Lake Highlands because this is close to our home you know and this is this area, I'm sure you, you know, you're not really familiar with uh, this area. Lake Highlands is basically families. It's all homes, all families, and it has been starved forever of entertainment. Um, everyone that lives here, you got to go. You know, five years ago, you had to go out of the out of Lake Highlands area to go eat because there's no restaurants. You had to go out of Lake Highlands to entertainment, whatever it is. There's just nothing here, and so. Uh, that's changing, and we wanted to be a part of that change, um, and so you know we we opened the brewery in Lake Highlands. We're we I literally live five minutes away, and um, it's two and a half miles, <laughs> nice. and um, and you know we have uh, we have a lot of you know, obviously dog friendly <laughs> and kid friendly. Uh, we have family nights once a month, and because we know that you know all of our half of our investors live in Lake Highlands, and um, we have kids ourselves, and we we always have kids up here. It's uh, it's a kid-friendly, dog-friendly place. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. I one of the things that I'm starting to love about breweries is they're becoming more dog-friendly. Yeah. Because the, you don't really have food; you have food trucks outside. Right. But that that's really cool. Like because most places you can't bring your dogs in. But right. I think another thing that's cool about you guys is that you're you're family-friendly. Yep. I, I haven't seen many breweries do that, which is really cool. As far as I know, we were the first true. Real, the first brewery in Texas to literally say, bring them on. You know, we don't care. Bring your kids. As a matter of fact, we're going to do a family night once a month. And family night means we have some food trucks on a Friday and you can bring your kids. And there's literally more kids here than there are adults. <laughs> and the ki luckily the kids don't know that or they could really overrun us. But, uh, um, but it's, um, it's, you know... It, that's just that's who we are and you know we have our kids up here all the time and there's my daughter looking at us right now <laughs> the scowl on her face uh oh uh, but yeah that's just our kids are up here a lot they uh they they know the they know the drill they they help out they, my kids were helping us get cleaned up and set up earlier today and uh it's it's that's our you know that's our culture that's awesome that's really awesome what what are some of kind of the the style like the the beers you guys have and describe them and I'm drinking one too as well. This is your mustache. That's our golden mustache. It's a yeah. Dortmund lager. It's a northern German lager. Okay. Um, so we have that. So we have six year round beers. We have uh, that one and All Good which is a, a Kolsch a uh, Derelict which is an American West Coast IPA. We have a, a Freaky Deaky which is a Belgian triple um, and we have DF Dub which is a Dunkelweiss German Dunkelweiss dark wheat beer. 
and we have Charity, which is a Dusseldorf Alt, or wow. you know, it's a Dusseldorf Alt is, is a, you know, it's a type of amber. It's a German amber. Um, that's the six year-round beers we have. Uh, the first five uh, we actually can as well. All the others are, uh, are in keg as well. Um, and then we do seasonals. So we have, um, we currently have um, five seasonals, um, and uh, we also barrel edge a lot of beers. So. We, um, our first year of operation, we actually put out uh, 13 different beers, individual different beers uh, on the market out at bars and restaurants, and um, also do some taproom only beers as well. So um, we have 20 taps in here, and we try and keep it at least 15 beers at any point in time. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot for, uh, for us, but uh, you know, one thing we do is uh, we have... Um, we let our, our uh, every employee um, come up with a beer style. Yeah, I saw that and, on your yeah, social and, media. Yeah, and they uh, they sit down with um, they sit down with our uh, brewer Matt Matt Pennington, and come up with uh, a recipe, and then they brew that beer. And so today, being that it's Olive's birthday, Erica, our uh, marketing manager, she wanted to do a, a lavender wheat beer, and nice. so that's the beer that's on tap today is a lavender wheat beer. It's so interesting and so cool that they yeah. guys do that. Like, yeah just everybody gets a shot at we, we you know we try and keep I mean it, it, for our brewers and, and the guys back here in the production it's it gets to me I think it would get kind of old doing the same thing day in and day out right yeah and so um, brewing the same beer over and over and over so we let the creative juices flow and let them come up with all different kinds of stuff we don't care we don't tell them what to do on pilot batches we just say go do it you know yeah. make something up you know or, or pick a style that you like and just basically it's how we started making beer right mm -hmm. um so we actually have a list over there of, of beers who's next uh who's next up on the uh you know to make a beer and, and kind of what they're working on and different lists of different names and they kind of match all that stuff up but um that's you know it, it keeps it fun i think to be able to do pilot batches as well yeah that's so, that does sound fun yeah just makes make me it want up. to work here but make it I up live. <laughs> What's the worst? and it, it we, i mean Never have we had one that we've been like, nope, not gonna work. Throw it out. You know, yeah. it's always it's always good. That's and that's a testament to Matt. I mean, Matt is Matt's a, an amazing brewer, and um, and uh, he's he's done a fantastic job with that, and, and you know, and loves the fact that we do that, and it's um, it it keeps it fun for all the, the employees to being able to come up with a beer that you know a style that they want to make, and sit down with Matt and come up with the recipe and and do it. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. What. What brewery has, if there is any, has inspired you? Oh gosh, uh, I don't know. That's a that's a really good question. Um, I mean, I, any of the, quite frankly, any of the trailblazers uh, around here. I mean, the, the the first ones to open up in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. Uh, or really in Dallas, quite frankly, because Dallas was very, very early on was very unfriendly to breweries, and it took a lot of lot of change to laws to actually be able to open up a brewery. Um, and uh, in the, at the same time, the Texas legislature passed uh, the, the bill that it was allowing for breweries to actually have a tap room. Um, yeah, you know, wow. production breweries to have a tap room. It used to be you'd have to you'd go in and you'd uh, you'd pay for a quote tour and get a glass, and then it was all the beer you could drink right yeah now you know you can have a tap room like we have and which is which is great i mean you look out there i mean there's a bunch of people in here coming in and having a good time and, and getting some food and bringing their dogs in and um you know i i would say uh, to get back to your original question I, I would i would say 
the ones that inspired me were, were, were the original ones in Dallas because of how much hard work they had to do and pave the road for, for us, you know. Yeah. Um, that, you know, and that would be Petticolas, that would be Four Corners, and that would be Deep Ellum. Those, those three guys, um, those three breweries, you know, basically made it, helped make it possible for all of us other breweries in Dallas to be here. Mm. So. Saying that, saying that, how are you different now from from another brewery or any other brewery? Well, I mean, I think the one thing that st- uh, that sets us apart uh, from all the other breweries around um, is the fact that we use the an individual yeast strain um, for each individual each individual beer. So, you know, our Kolsch is a it's a Kolsch yeast. Um, our our Dortmunder Lager is a, a German Lager yeast. Um, we make an Oktoberfest, and we don't even use. We could use the German Lager yeast, but no, we use the Oktoberfest yeast. Yeah. So, um, so I, that's one thing I think that sets us apart is that each one of our styles is true is really true to style. We don't use a house yeast. We don't you know we don't go and, and blend yeast together to, to get a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and then you know. You, to where you can use it for all a bunch of different styles of beers. We don't do that. Um, so we actually have 11 different yeast strains that we use. Wow. <laughs> it's a headache. It's a juggling yeah. mat. It's, it, yeah, yeah, we're, jugg- we're doing a lot of juggling, but uh, we're making it work, and we're doing it, and that's the way we started from day one. And um, we just weren't going to, we weren't going to cave in, in, um, in, you know, combine yeast strains, which, you know, we could still do. I mean, it, our, uh, even our Saison yeast, uh, we have two different yeast strains for our Saison because it's two different styles of Saison. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. <laughs> Spe- speaking of ingredients, um, let's talk a m- more a little bit about kind of what some of the hops you guys use. Yeah. What's, what's your favorite hops, too, as well? Um, I, you know, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm drinking our Derelict right now. Um, I think it's our, our, I personally think it's our best crafted beer, just because I mean IPAs, you know, there's so many different ways to do it, and it's it's truly is all it's all about the yeast. They're all about the hops. Um, so it's Citra hop. It's uh, we use a, a ton at, uh, in the Whirlpool and a ton in the uh, in the fermenter. It, it, we dry hop it. Um, so there's uh, that Cascade uh, in, in in that beer, and then we use just a, a just a bittering hop for the the you know, initial bittering. Um, but uh, I, I think that that is, uh, I, I love that. I love the nose. I love the citra nose that you get out of a, you know, the citra hop. Um, or uh, our Freaky Deaky, actually, it's not, the only way it's not really a true triple is that we use a di- we use a lot of hops and we use American uh, hops in it as well. Yeah. It gives it a different character. Uh, you know, generally, you're going to use a noble hop, say saws, and, and, and uh, you know, tr- a, a triple, a traditional triple. But we use uh, we use Cascade hops actually, and um, we feel that that kind of that earthy you know herbal piney no, you know nose that you get out of it um, really actually masks the amount of alcohol because it's a ten percent beer and um, <laughs> it's a little it can be a little scary because it doesn't take doesn't drink like a ten percent beer. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's I mean those are probably the two most unique um, beers that we well most unique styles that we we make with, with hot with different kinds of hops. Okay, so, that's interesting. Yeah, all the other ones are pretty traditional. I mean. You, you looking at you know the, any of the all the German beers that we, we make are all all done with um, you know just noble hops, uh, the German noble hops so or Czech hops. That's so, crazy. Yeah. Um, what's what do you think for you is the biggest misconception about being a brewer? 
about being a brewer. Yeah. Um, that it's just like you come in here and you drink all the time, and you know that's. I mean, yeah, we drink a couple beers throughout the day, but I mean, at lunch or whatever. But it's not like that. I mean, it, there's there's a ton of work to do around here. There always is a ton of work to do. Um, it's that's probably the biggest misconception I think that people people have. It's just like if they came in and actually watched this on a on a you know a full day, they'd be like. Man, those guys work their ass off today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're sweating and everything else. So I, I think that that's probably the biggest misconception. Yeah, I, I I've been hearing that from like different breweries. Like, yeah, it's gonna be this beautiful thing. When when in reality, like you're just covered in yeast. Oh my god, gross. you're you're covered in sweat. I mean, we're coming into the you know it's it's uh it's in spring it's spring now and it's gonna be summer and it's gonna be hot back here real soon. <laughs> you be drinking a lot of water all day long to make yeah. sure you you, you, know, you don't sweat out too much. So, I I. I um I think it's interesting and and I, I I'm gonna ask you this question too. Okay. Um, for for different like different regions and different states and stuff, um, I think the temperature may have like an effect. Does does the temperature like affect you guys at all or? You mean affect uh the the beer like the way the way you brew your beer or I mean seasonally how you how you how you brew. Technically, it shouldn't. Um, I mean, obviously, in the summertime, it's it's going to be a little bit easier to get to boil. You know, it take a little bit less time to get to boil. I mean, they're all all of our jacketed, all of our uh, tanks are jacketed. You know, there there's some areas you can actually get away with unjacketed fermenters and unjacketed brights, but not here in Texas. Everything has to be jacketed, so it's why I call jacketed. So that shouldn't it shouldn't affect the beer in any any way, shape, or form, whether it's you know middle of winter or middle of summer because it's 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 the same i mean the, the temperatures are set on, on those uh those vessels so um but you know i i don't know i mean you know you, you one that kills me just crazy to me is that um uh, great divide brewing in, in uh in denver if you've ever been there i don't know if you've ever been to great yes, divide yes i love them all the fermenters they have outside it's like i don't know i mean i get it they're uh you know it's an exothermic process for yeast to you know eat the sugars and it creates heat and so it's a jacketed vessel, but still, it's just crazy me to think that it could be freaking zero degrees in, in, in Colorado and in Denver, and they're still brewing beer and not having any issues. Yeah, they're doing it. Deep Ellum is putting out putting some fermenters outside currently. Um, that's it's a little bit in Texas. It's going to be a little bit tougher for them just because they're, they're going to make sure have to make sure they've got you know plenty of glycol and a big enough chiller to keep it chilled and, and keep those temperatures down. But you know they're doing it, making it work. So that's crazy. Yeah. Is there is there any like beer festivals that you've been to that you personally love? Oh, there's oh, so many. There, I, I know there is. It, Great American Beer Festival is awesome, of course. Uh, and so, it, you know, it's a it's a it's a long event for us because we're there every day. But it is awesome. That that like the excitement of getting there is is amazing. And that first day is awesome. But uh, I mean, locally, um, uh, there's Big Texas Beer Fest. Uh, um, there's uh, Best Little Brew Fest, which is in Louisville, that's a really that's a really great one. Um, you know, it's festival season right now, so we're, we have one basically every other week almost. Yeah. It seems like. Um, but uh, there's there's one that's really near and dear to our heart. Uh, it's a homebrew festival uh, called Brew Riot here in Dallas, and unfortunately, they're not holding it this year um, because of some I think some issues with TABC or something along those lines. The Texas Alcoholic Beverage Commission. Um, but that's where Brad and I really got our start. That's the first, uh, you know, the first homebrew festival that we entered as uh, as homebrewers, and uh, and we won the first year. And 
I love it for the fact that it's they basically it's in the Bishop Arts District in Dallas. It's a great area, tons of great restaurants down there. They shut the streets off. There's 50 to 60 home brewers there with anywhere from two to 12 beers at each one. Yeah. So you get to go to this event and try beers you will likely never get to try ever again, first off, because it's homebrew beers. And some freaking amazing beers, like truly amazing beers. So, you know, Brad and I basically, we, we did that for two years and then we, we continued, or two or three years, and continued to serve at it, at, at it you know, as we were growing the, the, the brewery. Um, and, um, and we also judge at it now. Um, wow. we've, we've done judging for the past three years. And um, I, I just love it. It's just, it's, it's literally the, I, I tell everybody that asks me that question, that's the best event, beer event in Dallas, I think, without a bar done, just because of the fact that it is, it's, I mean, you know, at a, you go to any festival or something, something like that, you're going to see all the breweries and you can go to the store and buy the beer, right? But yeah. you go to this event and you're never going to get to try that beer again. That's the part I love about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. What, what would your personal advice be for someone that wants to start up a brewery or start up a small business? Um, starting up a business is literally uh, do your research about which, whatever business is going to be and, and make sure you, you have the, the capital that you're going to need to grow. Um, yeah. And I mean literally dive head first into it and, and live it. Um, starting a brewery um, you know, locally, I get that. I get, as a matter of fact, I got a guy coming in next week that wants to open a brewery in, in Dallas. He, he asked me for advice, and I'll, I'll sit down and talk to him. I don't care. I, you know, no sweat off my back. But same deal. We had guys come in the other day, and what I would honestly say is, I think in the Dallas Fourth Metroplex, we're kind of at um, the level where um, a production brewery and a, starting as a thirty barrel, you know, system is probably about we're about done with those um it's it's too big of a capital upfront capital commitment and it's there's so much competition now that you know you better have a beer that really stands out if you're going to do that um i would personally say start smaller and grow organically get your base down and if you need to eventually you know switch your some system you know your system out and get a bigger system fantastic that means you've made it right yeah so don't overdo it. Start smaller and grow from there. That's, that's you know, yeah. that's, my, that's my number one advice is start smaller. Yeah. <laughs> and get plenty of kegs. <laughs> Take your keg number and multiply it times four or five. That's awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, how would, how would people um, find you or on your social mediums or... Um, see what you guys are doing yeah so, so we're we're on uh we have facebook instagram and twitter um it's at oak islands uh or at oak islands brewery um and uh that's the best way to find us our, our website is ohbrewery.com or oakhighlandsbrewery.com goes to the same site um and uh you know that's that's we have calendars on there of our events uh, on our website uh social media we're always putting stuff where we're where we are whether it's uh you know, pint nights throughout the week, or glass nights uh, throughout the week, or you know, big events like uh, like the brewery, uh, birth, uh, all his birthday party today. Um, you know, that's the best place to find us. Uh, Thursday, Fridays, four to eight in the tap room. Uh, Saturdays, noon to six. Um, we're here. Nice. Come get a beer. Well, I want to thank you for being on the Loki podcast. Yeah, thank I you. Hope, I hope people come check out Oak uh, 
Oak Island's brewery. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. All right. Thank awesome. you, Matthew. See ya. All right. Cheers. Hey, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Low Key Podcast. want to thank Darren from Oak Highlands Brewery for being on the Low Key Podcast. If you're ever in Dallas and want to get freaky deaky, go to Oak Highlands Brewery, try their freaky deaky, or get their golden mustache. You won't regret it. Now, guys, if you're a subscriber to iTunes, if you're a subscriber on iTunes, go rate and review us. Give us five stars. It will help us out. Now, if you listen to this podcast and don't subscribe, subscribe to us on iTunes. And also go check out all our other social mediums. Go see what we're doing on Instagram and Facebook. Go like, go follow us. And then check out our website, too, just to see what Loki's doing. Well, that's it from Loki Land. Keep it nice. Keep it easy. Keep it low-key. See you guys later. Thank you.